Welcome to another episode of Death and Donuts. I'm Seb James. Thanks for all the support, the comments, the shares, and the feedback uh, generally is so helpful. And you guys are the ones that are keeping this podcast going. If people weren't listening and sharing it with their friends, and of course, I probably would have stopped making the effort. Uh, in this episode, I speak with my mate and colleague, Rohan Viswalingam. Rohan and I have known each other for probably five to six years, maybe a little longer, and we still work together at ABC News. I actually work for another company, but still work in the same newsroom. Anyway, I had the incredible honor of being Rohan's godfather at the beginning of this year um, at his baptism. So he's got an incredible journey. Uh, he's now in his late 20s, went through quite a few stages of belief, I would say from agnosticism to atheism to hedonism to nihilism to stoicism mixed with a little bit of Eastern spirituality and now Catholicism. I believe it was Rohan's great intellect, his openness to break from the noise and experience silence, not just for one or two minutes a day, but you know, he sat in 10 days of silence on a few retreats, Buddhist retreats, and then he did some Christian, Catholic Christian retreats. And he had a great desire to grow in love. And I think that's what allowed him to go on this epic journey with all its interesting stages. Anyway, I'll let him do the talking. But before we start, I wanted to dedicate this episode to the ABC, uh, ABC News specifically, which these days cops a lot of slack and a lot of people love to hate. And it does have its challenges and definitely the narrative of the mainstream media doesn't necessarily agree with the narrative I would like to see um, the world have as the mainstream media narrative but i've loved to work in that newsroom i've been there for almost 12 years in various capacities and i've been able to see some remarkable things happen including five of my colleagues and now obviously close friends or friends come to know and love the logos our lord jesus christ i've also seen some colleagues who have tragically died while i've been there um, from various causes cancer heart attack etc but they were all really great to work with and some of them were quite young and i especially want to dedicate and make mention of Claire Atkinson, Chris Nolatambi, Bernie Keenan. You guys were great to work with and I continue to pray for you. And because Rohan and I still work in the same newsroom at ABC News, we dedicate this episode to you. Death does not conquer for those who live in hope. The journey continues for all three of you. I hope you get to listen to this episode and I hope to meet you again one day. And for everyone else, enjoy the episode. Thanks. Rohan, one of my long-term colleagues in the media, um, and uh, Rohan and I met, I actually don't know how many years ago, I think it's around five, six, and maybe more in the ABC, uh, during a stopover at the men's room, <laughs> I think that was it. I think that, that was when we, um, we started talking about the Bible, it was when we were in the year, <laughs> and then we... We, we started talking and we we stayed in the urinal for like half an hour chatting and people were people were coming in and going and there's these two blokes standing there talking. That's because it's such an engaging topic. It doesn't matter what you're doing, you're just going to stay there. Uh, so that sounds like part of, you know, how we began to become acquainted and yeah. became acquainted and then... Anyway, Rohan's gone on an exceptionally interesting journey since that time, and uh, so today he's going to share that with us, and I'm very grateful for that because it's uh, always difficult to share very personal things, um, but hopefully 
the those that are listening find it very helpful and um, and and also I guess uplifting is important as well. So Rohan, thanks for joining Death and Donuts. Can you start with your childhood and just tell us a little bit about that and whether you had more positive or negative experiences and a little bit about your family? Cool. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. So I had a very um, uh, very typical sort of middle class scraping up into upper middle class um, suburbia existence, um, synonymous with I guess uh, modern modern Western life. Um, I was a very very much like your average kid. Like there was no family abuse, no absent fathers, or no violence, no gangs, no drugs or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. But also like no yachts as well and yeah. no, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, I had a very um, stable home life. Um, my dad made a very big deal of um, creating a, a positive uh, family environment and, you know, teaching us good things like, you know, um, try new things, reach beyond your grasp, rise to a challenge, that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that was, that was very typical because I've, I mean, I've heard a lot of sort of, uh, I don't know what you, conversion stories or yeah. sort of saint stories in this, and, and, and more often than not, they're quite harrowing or, yeah. you know, it's like, I was, you know, like, uh, Victor Frankl in the, you know, concentration camp or something, yeah, you discovered yeah, the light yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, um, amongst the barbed wire and everything, but, um, <laughs> yeah. no, I was a very, very typical kid and, um, like, I think like most families kind of moving into the 21st century, mm. um, religion wasn't really a big deal, like, classically, like, ambivalent, it was like, yeah, you know, it's all right, and, mm. but, you know, not a big deal thing. And I think that came a lot from my dad as well, because mm. he, he, he understood uh, the sort of practical value of Christianity and mm. what it's done and it's, how it's built this, helped build, build this society. Mm. Um, but beyond a sort of worldly moral code, yeah. you know, that's, that's as far as he sort of went with it. So, you know, we, um, I think we went to Sunday school like a little bit when we were, when we were young, like in primary okay. school. Yeah. But it, it teetered out. It petered out very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, so there was pretty, pretty much like no religion. Yeah. You know, we celebrated Christmas. And, you know, like <laughs> did, our, you, did you have uh, Easter, Easter eggs at Easter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, had Easter egg hunts. Um, okay. But yeah, we sort of lost the message through, through the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and then... It sounds like your parents were both very good to you, uh, and you have one sibling. Yeah, yeah. So I got a twin sister. So, um, so you had a rela- good relationship with all of them. You would say throughout your childhood and positive experiences, also with your friends. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think I was I was closest to my father um, and, and somewhat estranged from from my mum. But yeah, you know, I had a, a typical. Um, upbringing. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't like super popular, but mm-hmm. you know, I I found my friends, you know, where I could. And um, yeah, I think uh, probably had one of the last few childhoods before. Um, I think kids had smartphones from mm-hmm. birth and that sort of thing. So you know, backyard cricket on the weekend. And but you know, like a lot of video games as well. Like because I love yeah. video games and things like that. Um, yeah. So when did <coughs> when did uh, 
you have your first negative experiences in life because no one has just positive experiences. <laughs> when do you, or when do you can you recall like having a really negative experience? Or? Um, I think it was probably um, just after maybe maybe a year or two into university was when um, you know I was starting to starting to get older, but not sort of build any character, not mm. not lay any. Uh, I guess foundations to build, you know, real self confidence, mm. um, especially as a man as well. Like um, I always wanted to join the army from a very young age, um, but I, I, I wasn't I wasn't ready then. Um, so I, I saw that as a sort of uh, a, a way to initiation. So during uni, I wasn't sort of I wasn't like <laughs> wasn't being healthy. Uh, didn't go to the gym. Um, still, still immature, um, chasing girls like that was like that was all I did. It was like chasing pleasure. That's sort of yeah. you know. And then like like a lot of young people, we kind of go into the world with that messaging like, oh, hey, just do whatever you want, have fun. Mm. You know, that's what you're here to do, and you know, don't get any funny ideas about other worlds or you know, or <laughs> <laughs> like eternal damnation or things like that. You know, um, but yeah, so I was. Um, I was sort of on, I was sort of on thin ice, and I didn't know it. And then um, during one of my escapades with a girl, I sort of like was falling in love, I think, mm. and got my heart broken. She wasn't interested, and I wasn't prepared for it, mm. so I was naive, and that uh, that sort of took a piece out of me. And then um, you know, I my dad sometimes goes on these sort of tirades you know like what are you doing like you're lazy you're not doing anything with your life what are you like what are you doing today and i was like oh, i don't know like like i'm some you know 20 year old schmuck who doesn't have any plans for the future because i don't know what i'm going to do because i'm just you know drinking like three nights a week or something you know chasing girls yeah. um so he like one morning he came into my room and blasted me and i remember that day that day was like the um the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of my confidence um because like hmm uh, I've just had this really interesting experience with this girl, like, um, so that didn't work out. Mm. And then, you know, my father figure, like this big presence in my life, mm. disapproval, you know, guilt and that sort of stuff. And so that was, at that point, um, I, that's when I lost my confidence. And that's when I, that's when I remember, I remember taking it on myself to go, okay, all right, I accept everything that my father said, like, um. I can't make any difference. I'm not really worth anything. So screw it. I'm just gonna go off off the track or something, oh, yeah. you know, and just that was it really. So what was the track? The goal go, going, sorry. What did you see in your mind as the track and what was in your mind going off the track? What did that look like? Uh, it was, um, I called it flooding the system and it was essentially flooding my mind and my body with uh, temporary pleasure just to um, hide from the negativity, hide from the hole, hide from the wounds yeah. that weren't healing. Um, and, you know, like alcohol, for example, is a great drug for turning off negative thought, or just turning off your brain in general. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and you know, and I did that, and I think I, I, I justified it with um, the fact that I still read uh, a lot, and I read widely, so I was at least being intellectual. So 
I kind of use that as like, okay, well, at least I'm reading challenging books. So everything else is you know, just yeah. out the window. I just, you know, you know, I started drinking more then. Um, I got addicted to porn. That was like a big, yeah. you know, especially with that, the, the broken heart and the whole, the, you know, the female image yeah. was, you know, and then combine that with the, my estranged mum. It's like, you know, not yeah. feeling good about women right now, you know, as, yeah. you know. Um, and, and then also, you know, being angry at, at, at um, you know, competent men or like father figures and yeah. starting to be like, oh, like F those guys. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, life's meaningless. And that's yeah. when the nihilism started. And, yeah. you know, there's no point. So, you know, and, and in, a, in a way, like, I was like, oh, like I found a solution, a philosophical solution here. Like, if I don't have any responsibility, then to myself or to other people, then then it's like you're light and, you know, you just sort of fly away. But that's obviously a fallacy because it just draws you further and further down. You know, I thought that a life of pleasure and going to parties and clubs and um, sleeping with a lot of women and, um, like, that would... I thought that would lead somewhere. I thought it would lead to a more interesting side of myself or or at least more interesting people you know like mm. i'm going places man like i don't hang out with the lowly crew or whatever <laughs> and then you know <laughs> like what was funny was like one of the things i realized was um oh these are just the same people they're just they've all just got a line of coke in them so they're just sort of a little bit more upbeat but essentially they're all just i was like oh okay <laughs> so um that that wasn't that didn't work and um you know, I, uh, it's, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's not a, it's not a fulfilling solution. And, um, uh, when did you start to see that and how long was this going on for? Like from that moment that you lost all confidence to, yeah, to, to any other sort of transform, transformative step in your life. Like how long were you in this realm, so to speak? Um, probably maybe a year and a half maybe two years um but i i think it, it it felt it felt a lot longer than that because um yeah it's 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 a weird thing that like kind of um you know your own suffering and misery kind of adds a sort of like cloud over yeah. over your reality you know and you just sort of you know, go from one thing to the next with your head down. And, you know, I just wanted to hide from the world. Mm. I, I was, I, I didn't have the tools to deal with the world. So I was like, well, I'm just going to, I was going to go back to the cave. Yeah. Because I just sit on YouTube and, yeah. you know, um, and then, um, yeah. And then I think it was, you know, after one of my drug and escapades, I was, I was at work and like <laughs> sleeping at work after late nights and going straight back to the next shift and that wow. sort of stuff. Um, and then I think it was one morning there when I when I woke up on um, one, of the, one of the couches here in the, in the foyer. <coughs> um, and I looked, at, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, this isn't, like, this isn't working. Like, um, I'm, it's like I'm finally tired of this. It's like you will, um, your own misery will get boring. Like it won't, it won't sustain you. It won't entertain you. Like it, it's just, it got boring and I, you know, you get the whole, I had the whole, um, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, I was always yeah. tired, no energy, yeah. no vision, nothing. I was like, oh, like bugger this. Like, yeah, wow. you know, something's got to change. Um, 
and I was ready for change because I saw it's like I glimpsed bottom. Like I'm, I was like, this isn't a story where I'm like, and my, and after my fifth time in rehab, um, there I found the way. You know, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I didn't go. I didn't go that far, but I was like, I saw the trajectory and I yeah. glimpsed at what it would be like, and I was like, well, that's like no one wants to be. No one wants to be there. You know, yeah. um, and you don't realize that until it's like you've seen a glimpse of hell yeah. even and that's yeah. i think the meaning of ignorance because you've just got no idea yeah how much of an idiot you are did you see anyone in your life go to to hell so to speak like to in that direction that came to mind when you were in this moment or it was just your conscience was able to to sense that okay i'm going in this direction yeah, it was, it was definitely an internal, it was an internal realisation. I mean, I had like a few friends from school who were like, um, you know, heavily into drugs. Like I, like I dabbled, you know, it's, it's not like I, I, you know, smoked one joint and I was like, well, well, that's enough. You know? <laughs> but I wasn't exactly like smoking weed every day. Like I wasn't yeah. one of those people yeah. either. Um, um, but yeah, it's like, um, I think... The sort of uh, I was living a life of depletion yeah. and destruction, and um, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> it doesn't feel it's so it's it's like kind of like you're running up the bill here, mm. and you know the spiritual debt collectors are starting to knock at the door. And did you believe you had a soul at that point? What did you believe in terms of your your makeup? Um, no, I did not. Um, because I think actually, yeah, this is a good point. I I was, I guess, agnostic up until uh, university, I think, and then I was, and then I was an atheist. And it's funny because the more angry I was, the more the atheist I was. <laughs> Funnily enough, for me personally, um, sort of like you know, it gives a target for your anger to strike down. Yeah. You know, um, but the like the thing is, is that I was always. You know, um, yeah, I was a creative person. I, I liked to draw. I liked to. I loved writing. I loved stories. It was like reading was, you know, scintillating for me. Not not always, obviously, mm. but enough to be um, to have. And it, it, it fosters that like um, innocent curiosity. Mm. And I'm, I'm grateful now that I kept. I was able to keep that. <coughs> um, you know, like to to always be curious, to always always be kind of um, you know like philosophical pondering, wondering, and excited about different worlds, mm. and that extended to thinking about you know maybe this reality is not the only reality, um, and maybe it's not just gases and stars out there mm. as well, and and that. That, that inspired me and um, excited me as well um, but I, I didn't I didn't nourish that I didn't um, pay enough attention to it and you know like I still do it now like you, you ignore the sort of those those questions those questions will always remain regardless of how good your life is on the surface on paper or or even like you know oh, I've got enough wine for tonight like I'm sweet like there's I'm not troubled by anything in the world. You know? um, so, 
uh, I think part of uh, yeah, part part of um, that kind of innocence. I think that that contributed to me um, stopping drinking. That was yeah. like the first the first thing I did because I was like I was like I have no idea how to climb in the mountain. So let's just just put your hiking boots on and yeah. see how you feel. You know, like. Um, so you had this sense that your life was supposed to have meaning, would you say, at that moment? Like you you actually have a purpose or you just didn't know what it was? Because you talk about putting your hiking boots on and climbing a mountain. That sounded like I'm supposed to go somewhere. I'm not here for nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think that impulse was there. I, I had no idea um, what form it would take. But I think um, from where I was at that point, and this is about maybe... 2016, I think. Mm. At, at that point, I realized that um, order and harmony meant something because I'd been living without it for so long and living in disorder, living without those, without good things, without regenerative things, fostering things, nurturing things. Um, so, I yeah, like, I didn't know where I was going, but I knew that, um, you know, atheism wasn't cutting it. Uh, nihilism wasn't cutting it it just wasn't it just yeah it's just, it just it just doesn't work like it's it's a you know those are those are two-dimensional ideas in a three-dimensional world um and we and we're three-dimensional seven-dimensional beings yeah. um so at, at least on that level i knew that that wasn't serving me so i guess at that point in my life then it was like then i was ready to get clean or like mm. then I was ready for wisdom. I was ready to be humble, mm. to be like, right, let's figure out this puzzle mm. inside of inside of me and, and I'll take I'll take whatever help I can get now, rather than running from healing or figuring things out or looking within essentially, because yeah. I was basically living um, all externally, pulling at things from the outside to try and build my soul. And that, that just doesn't work because it's, you know, you're a garden and you gotta fertilize your own soil and produce, you know, the greenery that, that comes from within. You can't just outsource yeah. other stuff. That's, that, that, that isn't you. That's, that's great, mate. Like the, the way you expressed that was fantastic. Um, so it sounds like, a dose of humility was a was a big part of, um, and that's that's also why I think a lot of the great philosophers talk about the power of humility. Um, they some suggest it's the foundational virtue. Um, once you have that, then you can start to grow. Um, so, so okay, so you've gone through that ex- experience of looking in the mirror and seeing a person mm. that you don't want to be. And you've become that. And now you're like, I'm going to put my hiking boots on and I'm going to go up this mountain. So what was the next, what was that first step up the mountain? So the first step was stopping drinking for 30 days. Um, and that wasn't, that wasn't, um, I don't know, it was hard enough, but it wasn't really a big, like alcohol was never really my biggest vice. It was, women was like the ultimate mm. sort of, you know. Um, but so I did that and then I actually went back to drinking and then, and then I had a massive bender in Byron Bay with a few friends and sort of went right back down. And that, that was kind of like a, an interesting um, 
kind of like, what is it, like looking back at Sodom and Gomorrah or something? And, and it's like, oh, okay, yep, <laughs> definitely not going back there. <laughs> definitely no doubts. <laughs> so then I stopped again and then I, then I, went, I went three months. And then I remember after the second month, um, it's like I had this brain fog just lift from my, like my forehead. Like it's like someone had slotted a weight inside of my forehead and I just yanked it out. Wow. Um, and the, the scary thing to me about that was I didn't realize the brain fog was there until it was gone, wow. which made me even more humble because yeah. I started thinking, oh, okay, what else is inside my mind and body that I don't know that's there, that shouldn't be there or doesn't have to be there? Mm. Um, and you know, and like I was clearer, I could I could think, I could string thoughts together better, I could speak better, I was quicker at conversations. Um, I had more fun at parties actually. I'd, yeah. I'd go to parties sober, yeah. and you know, tear it up and have a yeah. gr- have a great time, like yeah. better time than I ever did wow. on the booze. I was like that kind of classic, you know, upbeat. <laughs> hey, I gave it all up, and look at me now, kind of, kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it's very hard for other people to understand. And, and you know, back when I was drinking, I used to see those kind of people like, you're lying. Yeah. You just life's yeah. shit in you and you're in denial you know it's horrible and so just why, why can't you be sad and resentful with me you know misery loves company and all this stuff. <laughs> so uh, so I, I i did that and then um and then yeah then i went to the meditation course in in the blue mountains and and that was like uh the floodgates suddenly opened and the light the light came back into my life the confidence came back um changed the way i viewed the world and myself um, and sort of, uh, I remember towards the end of the course, uh, oh, you should tell us what this course was. You said meditation course, oh, yeah. but, and, and how did you find this? So you were, you were still working, I'm guessing at the ABC at this yep. time. Yeah. Were you, had you finished uni yet? Um, I was about one year out of, before finishing uni. Um, okay. but I was, I was going to the gym more. I was feeling, I was just sort of just you know like just quietly working on myself yeah I'd I'd stopped reaching outside stopped Mm. jockeying for people's attention things like that you know Mm. I I feel like the I'll try and put the meditation course succinctly because I feel like that's a whole yeah that's a whole podcast episode itself but it's essentially it was um, a 10-day silent meditation retreat Buddhist retreat. Yeah, the, the technique came from Buddhism. It's, oh, it's not really like they stamped it like, yeah. this is a Buddha, welcome to Buddhism, you know. Yeah. But, you know, whatever, that's, that's, uh, that's you know. And how did you find it? Uh, I just went online because I'd heard about people doing these retreats where you didn't talk. Because I always, I always still liked silence. And I was like, mm, interesting. I wonder what would happen. Because, mm. again, that curiosity, that, that willingness to sort of experiment mm. with things. And that was like, hey, cool. Like, maybe we'll try this, like. You know what's like what have i got to lose you know and i remember going there and thinking like oh wow i'm like i'm like actually i'm actually having an experience now like i'm starting to do things with yeah. my life you know because <laughs> everyone else was traveling and you know then yeah. i was just i was just you know kind of bumming around at home um being lazy and so tell us about the retreat then because that would have been an, just an incredibly <laughs> different experience than anything you'd ever done right yeah yeah um so i'll 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 comment comment briefly on it because um for anyone who's listening everyone's it's a bit like psychedelics everyone's experience is vastly different Mm. 
um, depending on where you're at in life. Yes, there are very common trends and common experiences, but um, you know what happens to one person might not happen. Anyway, but mine, my my experience was very visceral, very deep. At least on the sort of taking the first step into a spiritual realm, it was the first time I'd done that properly, um, which is a kind of like you know the whole walk with Jesus thing, like walk the walk, man. Like don't just mm. sit and talk about meditation. Like you should, yeah. you should actually go and just and do it. Um, so, um, but in, in short, that was it. Was the most it was the scariest, um, the hardest, most profound and beautiful thing I'd ever done at that point in my life it was the, it was like those combination of things I think there's a Carl Jung quote that says a, a tree that can only reach up into heaven was it like some, like its roots must reach down all the way down to hell in order to sort of you know that was kind of like for the first time I was deepening I was going into myself and I was deepening my character I was exploring um, you know like who you are as a person when there's no distractions and because yeah. they take away your phone there's no books nothing there is no distractions you're just meditating you know multiple sessions yeah. a day that is all you're doing for 10 days getting up at 4 30 doing you know two hours there you know and the, the funny thing is is like the people that are obviously the, I, again it's like it's hard to not to get excited when you get something when you when you when you get spiritual fruit because you're like oh man i've discovered like treasure here mm. And that's that's when you're like, oh, I gotta like share it with people, and mm-hmm. that's when you get the sort of um, religious fervor, and, and people yeah. don't get it. They're like, oh, leave me alone, man. It's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like the the truth is right here, you know. It's, it's like, just under your nose. Like it's not that far. Um, but uh, so um, yeah, and and the thing is, is, like this 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 was like it's it's hard work. It was, it's 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 grueling. It sucks. It was kind of like you know. Oh, you're in basic training now. Like, you know, you're you're a rookie, and and I was ready for that. Like, I, I, you know, I wanted I, w- I wanted that challenge. I was so over just taking the easy road mm. and you know, skiving and being lazy and just and and then like talking crap about you know um, being uplifted or or victory. You know, the idea of victory and triumphing and overcoming things. Mm. Um, so yeah, I struggled a lot, um, but did like did enough work applied myself enough to bear to bear to bear that fruit um now it was it it's the sort of technique itself in its worldview is that it's there's there's no there's no god there's no sort of institution in the same way there is with christianity because it's far more individualistic use yeah it's literally just hey welcome to the thing sit down start meditating wow and follow my instructions that's it you just do that what sort of instructions would they give you though as you were meditating uh pay attention to your breath around uh, your sort of nose area so it's like you practice focusing in Mm. and um you have to you have to wait for the noise inside your head to die down a little bit yeah dial in get focused get quiet and then you can sort of start working properly and then you sort of uh extend that awareness to your body and you sort of and you do that for like 10 days and and the funny thing is is like it sounds simple enough and i think maybe people are suspicious of it because it's like oh but 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 where are the 10 steps or something you know like like no dude it's just literally just you know and i remember telling you know my parents about it and you know they they saw the value in it but they were they were also kind of like i was like you guys should go and do it's like what's that gonna do you're just sitting around for 10 days i was like (laughs) well that's what i thought like i got there like 
everyone's a skeptic at the beginning, you know, and um, <laughs> everyone says the same thing at the end as well. Like a lot of a lot more people stay than you than you would think. Um, and we were all like, yeah, man, I thought I thought this was a cult. Like I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. This is making sense. You know, like I want to leave all that sort of stuff is, you know, the, the, the mind's defense mechanisms to try and mm. avoid pain and avoid you um, confronting those things. And the thing is, is that it's, it's scary because you have to let go of all that pain and all that anger that you've been holding within you. And that's very scary because then you think, well, who am I going to be <laughs> without all of that? I don't know, you know. And actually, explain that, that process because why did you have to let go of all the, the fear and the anger that you'd built up? Was it something within you that you got to a point in this deepening where you suddenly got to, a, it was almost like you got to like a gate and you had to walk through it and you knew that at that point you would have to leave that behind? Yeah, because um, through, like, through the technique, through you doing these things experientially, um, you, you, learn, um, you learn those sort of, I don't know, like laws of introspection and, are, you know, I realized that, um, you know, sitting on the ground for 10 days is excruciating for your legs and your back or whatever, you know, and, and all those different things will come up. People have different things they have to deal with, you know, and it's inconvenient. It's like, I want to meditate, but my legs are on fire. What the heck? Like, what is this? Like, I thought this was supposed to be like, um, like, you know, and people, you know, like holding their, what is it, their index finger and their thumb together in the circle. Like that does like, us. no, no, you just like... Um, it's, 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 a, it's an ordeal, but, um, I realized then I was like, oh, like the only way to conquer pain is to go through it. And that's possible. And I did things with my mind at that course that I would, that I never thought was possible. And that was almost like a kind of an answer to that fundamental question within you. Like, is there a God? Is there a different world? Is there a different way of thinking? Is there a different way of being? And it's like, yeah. And that was like so exciting for me because we grow up in this culture that is constantly telling you that it's all just bullshit, man. And, you know, it's all a lie and you're all on your own. So you might as well just grit your teeth and just get on with it, you know? And <laughs> like... You know, so um, what was the main takeaway? I mean, that sounds like the takeaway mm -hmm. from you from that from that ten day Buddhist retreat it was yeah. was um there's more to to this and that's amazing. Like, yeah. I'm not just going to live and die um, in a meaningless sort of vacuum. That's right. On <laughs> a monkey on a on a rock, just flying through space, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely um uh even if you if you may not believe it now. Um, you can turn your life into an art form. You can make it beautiful. Like, you know, change is real. And, you know, if you're ready for it, um, you'll, like, you'll see. Like, you'll, you'll find out for yourself. And um, a, a, another good analogy I use is this, um, what I went through was essentially, like, what Neo goes through yeah. in The Matrix when he's, like, waking up. You know, um, denial, anger... Mm. You know, and then eventual acceptance and then training. And then, you know, I was like, I felt like I felt like I was in the dojo with Morpheus with yeah. my mind. I was like, whoa, this is like, 
I realized, and again, ignorance. Um, you realize that uh, I was like I was a slave to my own mind, and we're all a slave to our own minds as well. And um, so yeah, yeah. I guess you you can choose whether you you can choose whether you want to be a slave or not. Um, and I think I think a lot of people think like, oh, that's just the way it is. And it's yeah. like there's no free will, and we're all just kind of screwed in that yeah, kind of cosmic yeah. way. But um, so did that for first ten day Buddhist retreat turn you from an atheist to a a theist or to an agnostic where what, what happened after that because i know because i know you personally that you went on a few more mm-hmm. retreats yeah. but where what happened after that um first retreat there um so that was it made me believe it made me believe in things like victory and triumph and success and beauty and truth the 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 harshness and and beauty of truth um and then my whole world will be changed and i got red pilled so my whole political you know view changed as well i was like wow like there's this whole other thing and, and then you know the fact that um you know wisdom and beauty and, and and meaning in the world is is found it's not just like created by us you know like yeah. oh like god's just the word we use for i don't know why i'm doing the voice it's a bit <laughs> Yeah. I don't know, I'll do the voice anyway. No, that's all right. This is how atheists sound. <laughs> um, and this yeah. is how Christians are. Uh, very eloquent. Yeah, very good. I'm definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely biased. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. like, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I believe that goodness was, was, a real, was a real thing. And, 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 you know, and then, you know, there are secrets in this world that can be discovered. And that's, that excites me. Um, but the th- yeah, I think it, it was still a godless ideology. It was it was it was a reality based okay. thing. So it, it only it only deals with reality, okay. nothing beyond that. So it did satisfy me greatly. I got a lot of meaning out of that. But those d- those deeper questions still weren't answered by that. Doing doing the course or the courses or whatever that um that helped me get out of the like the steaming gulf of sin and misery, like the lowliness of hell. Like, like I, it helped me climb out. Yeah. And I was sort of like, uh, got to the top of the, the gorge, looked out and saw a new, a new world, a new way of being a, a brighter world, a, a world with faith and goodness and possibility as well. And um, it was like, I was sort of on the edge and I'd like come out of this course with all this confidence and energy like I was suddenly had energy again you know and vigor um and I didn't know where it's like it's it's hard to know where to put that you know um that sort of spiritual energy and then uh like part of my my red pill experience and um sort of incorporating objective truths into my life um it's like Jordan Peterson stepped in like right just at the right moment and I think I think he did for a lot of a lot of people as well like and I'll put my hand up. Like I was like, I just dived head first into him and yeah. all his content. Wow. You know, like I feel like people because he's a controversial figure. People be like, "Well, I don't agree with everything he said." And and I was like, "Dude, I was like, I, I just, I was like, drink it all. Like, like this is good for me. Like, finally, I was getting you know, a positive message, um, as a young man. You know, and this is his whole thing. You know, and I was like, I was totally a part of that." totally starved of encouragement and um you know 
been been overdone by like your sort of your finger <laughs> finger wagging parents. You know, I don't I don't want to blame them obviously totally, yeah. but it, it's that wasn't working. And then suddenly I had this sort of um, drill sergeant that I was ready for. That was like, look, listen here. You can have good things. You can do it. Here are the ways to do it. And um, metaphorically speaking, he he helped me like up the last few steps of the gorge, or like helped me just over the ledge. Yeah. Just the, those last few intellectual um, rungs on the ladder, and then also that the theism, uh, the kind of the meatiness of theism. It's it has this kind of. Um, restorative foundation a beautiful foundation um and that was like a springboard um and 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 again that was that was also a massive formative domino for my view on the bible as well because i listened to his bible lecture series um and yeah that was like another like this this bible book there's like so much going on that we we moderns don't we don't get because it's yeah. for us it's it's surface level it's it has yeah. to be quicker it has to be marketable you know it has to, it yeah. has to be like a product in a way yeah. you know even even with like the meditation stuff like yeah. um the mindfulness industry is like a, it's it's a com- it's commodified you know yeah. um so that was uh that was very that was very formative as well and i and i drew so much uh strength and um positivity and proactiveness uh, from that and also um, a a deepening a a well-needed and um, deepening appreciation for for God and the meaning of God Um, Mm -hmm. and that was the reason why and throughout my whole life I've always kept coming back to Christianity as a source of you know, wonderment or mm. or confusion, and and mm. I I almost liked how it was confusing. You know, <laughs> like as an intellectual, I loved books and yeah. I liked hard books and old books yeah. and cryptic books and you know, like you know, like the sort of like Indiana Jones stuff. Like, who's the ancient book we found in the Temple of yeah. Doom, or whatever? And you yeah. open it up, and there's like dust all over, and yeah. that sort of stuff. Like, I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I, like, yeah. that was my way in. Yeah. Um, so, I what. The Buddhism was dead simple, and that's what it was. That's it's that's what it was. That's it. That's its strength. Yeah. But it's also a weakness because, um, I don't know. Sometimes life isn't that simple, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and, um, yeah, there's there's, you know, we we're creatures of transcendent meaning, so we will always aspire to things that are beyond our understanding and and as absurd as that may sound to many people that oddly enough sustains us it's this weird it's this weird sort of paradox yeah um but i but i remember thinking you know it's like i'd 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 stopped living a life of depletion and destruction i'd got back to sort of healthy baseline you know and then i was like looking okay where do i go now and christianity was sort of um i was like i keep coming back to this and i came back after this in a I came back to it in a bigger way um, because a lot of the stuff in well, every new passages in the Bibles were starting to make sense. Mm-hmm. Sermons were starting to make sense. There were, things were starting to click. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And, like this isn't just, you know, th- there's more to just the surface level of things, you know. And, and I like that kind of um, 
almost like, it's like an invitation, you know, to uh, you know look beyond the literal translation, mm. spend some more time with it, maybe mm. go deeper, you know, like I did with meditation. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can do it with this book, you know. Oh, cool. And the book was a lot. The Bible was a lot more, I guess, um, culturally relevant to me because we're living in a Western Christian society. So you know, it's all well and good to be a super Buddhist or whatever. Mm. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Um, but I still felt I was, in a way, spiritually withering on the vine when I mm. got out of these retreats because nothing really, there was no sort of peripherals in society for it. Um, whether, you know, there's there's a church on in every suburb, though. So, um, but again, I I remember started thinking, you know, like, I, I really like, I'm, I'm, even now, it's still happening, like, I'm growing in my appreciation and my love for the complexity of, Christianity and its mm. nuances and its history as well. Mm. Like, um, you feel part of a, a long tapestry mm. of time and humanity in our civilization. Mm. Um, so I feel I feel that that's that's another reason why it's almost like a. I also want to be a citizen mm. as well, and I think part of it's like I feel like it's almost a, a little bit of community service is like to be a Christian because of. You know, I'm. I can't deny that I'm benefiting from Christian ideas, mm. um, Christian history, and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so that's a part of it. It's not. Um, it's not the sole reason why, yeah. obviously. But you, you went on these. Just going back to the retreats, mm. like you went to the retreats. Uh, so you went to one, and then you did a few more ten-day retreats, right? How many did you do? Um, I did. I think I did about f- uh, five. Five. Yeah. Um, I sort of did it once a year. But um, the thing, like, you're supposed to meditate when you get out as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to this retreat thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing a bit of a cleanse and then coming back and just going back to you. But, you know, I was, like, I was like super lazy, like a lot of people, you know, like most of us. Yeah. Like, I, I meditated for a few days after I got back and then I just forgot about it again. Yeah. So that's on me. That's not, that's not the technique's fault. Um, yeah. So then through these meditation courses that we were going to once a year, you said you still were attracted to Christianity or you kept on coming back to it. What was, uh, can you explain that? Um, what was the thought process that took you back to Christianity and why were you giving it a chance? Yeah, I think it was, um, uh, I guess the, with, the, with the technique and I guess Buddhism in general, I'm, I'm generalizing here, mm-hmm. is um, it's all about a, a balanced mind don't be agitated, don't be craving something or running away from other things. Um, and I remember, you know, I remember struggling with the technique and everyone struggles, you know, that's, that's, that's just part of the thing. But I remember thinking like, um, it's just the, I don't know, it's like Christ. It's this, like, I just can't turn away from this beautiful figure of, mm. The, the dying Christ or um, the, 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 the love and the, the passion. It's like you're allowed to be passionate mm. with Christianity. Mm. You're allowed to be destitute or you know, high in the clouds or whatever. Sort of. You're allowed to be unbalanced because that's what life is. And mm. that's the thing. It's like Christ is with you in the fight. He's with you in the trenches. Whether if you're a Buddhist, generally, um, theologically speaking, you're sort of sitting off on the side of the battle mm. being like, well, why would you go into the battle? Because it's, it's 
absurd game and yeah, um, yeah. you're only causing yourself more suffering and you're causing other people suffering also, yeah, so. but um yeah that's what and and I felt this sort of um I don't know kind of kind of distance and then I remember I, I'd stopped writing poetry like because I realized like oh, like poetry is all about feeling things mm, mm. <laughs> feeling things intensely and mm. um, sa- like almost savoring um, negative emotions but also positive ones in, in order to find some some truth and some meaning um, so then I remember I went to New Norcia Benedictine um, community in, in Perth for, for a retreat there so this is after you've done the Buddhist retreats yeah that's right and this is when I was starting to I was starting to sort of uh, can I guess convert would be the you know conversion's yeah, yeah, a lifelong yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that was when I was like I was really starting to go in that direction and kind of leave behind. How did you go from agnosticism though and and Buddhism uh, to because you said that that the only reality was the material reality yeah. still, but how did you were you crossing the threshold into there is an alternate reality at this point? Yeah, because. Um, I don't, like I'd always got that from reading, and um, I guess with um, the conversion, you know, there's like um, you have like domino moments, like the dominoes slowly fall throughout your life. These you have these formative experiences, and they were all they were all like you know I read Moby Dick, and there was this chapter in it called the Sermon, which just like really got me going. And I was like, wow, you know, I was always like really inspired by those sort of things, um, and it, it's kind of like. I never wanted to give up that search for a creator, for a voice in the darkness. Because, mm. um, yeah, the, the Buddhism didn't really give you a lane to, to, to work through that. Mm. Um, and it was, uh, it, I, I felt it was, a, it was less human as well. It was a little bit, a little, a little bit alien for me, you know. Mm. And obviously someone who's probably a lot more further down the line with Buddh- Buddhism would sort of, say to me like well you're clearly wrong in ABCD and I was like yeah well, I've got not denying that but um, <laughs> but you know that's that's just not what I want and I remember when I when I went to New Norcia um, I remember you know because we it was there for a study weekend and we we're studying a poem by one of um, by St. John of the Cross and I remember sitting in the courtyard reading the poem and you know the monk one of the monks was he was taking us through classes and he was also saying like you know, you can like, you can study this poem, you can extrapolate it, you can find different meanings for it. And then he said, but you can also just read it as a poem and then just enjoy it as a poem, which I always liked, you know, because I always liked, um, um, you know, poetry. And that, and that was like, you know, oh, cool, like Christian saints also write poetry and they all like books and stuff and they all like libraries. So it's like, it's like, I like this a whole lot more. It's like a, yeah. a lot more personal, yeah. you know. Um, and I remember sitting in the courtyard reading this poem and I remember feeling that I was like allowing myself to feel things in, in, in that human way again. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of like um, blowing embers on uh, a dead campfire on, on an ashy and then the embers come back to life. And I, and I remember like, oh man, like, you know, <laughs> it's okay to be agitated, you know, it's okay to be unbalanced. You know, Christ on the cross is a very, it's not a neutral image. (laughs) (laughs) The dude nailed a piece of wood, like, what the heck? He's got barbed wire around his hair. Like, it's crazy. (laughs) Like, what kind of, what kind of symbol is that? You know, interesting, you know. 
it, it invites um yeah it invites uh invites investigation so you had that experience in the new norsey retreat run by the benedictines in western australia what <clears throat> what was what else was going on like okay so you, you started to get a bit of a an attraction to christianity what um what else is happening in your life what's what's going on at that point um, at that point, oh, what was happening? Uh, I think I was just about to move out because I moved out fairly late. I think I was still at home, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was, um, yeah, I think I moved out fairly fairly soon after I got back from Norcia, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I sort of started started having my own life because I was a late bloomer in almost every, <laughs> almost every regard. Um, but... And you're still working at the ABC? Yeah, still working at the ABC because that was a sort of I used that as a stable bedrock to move off, mm. um, and then I think um, I did actually, excuse me, I did actually have a like a one year or just over a one year relationship with a with a woman, and that was like by far the best relationship that I had had, you know, like you know, hands down, like it was actually a proper, I was like actually getting to know someone. Mm. A little bit, you know, it was, it was only a year, and I think we were moving in different directions at that point. Um, mm. But uh, that, and and uh, to me, that was like a. I felt like I was, I, I felt like someone gave that to me, like mm. a creator. It's like, look, you've done some good work. <laughs> Here's someone who actually, you know, who's good for you, you know, mm. and who's ready for you, and you're ready for them at least, at least initially, not mm. not totally, but. Um, so that was that was um, I was very grateful for that, and um, I sort of took that as more signs that I was moving moving in the right direction. Okay. I wasn't just some sort of spook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some moody, moody, broody spook somewhere. <laughs> um, and so you, what well, what ended that relationship, and then did that have an impact on your spiritual journey? Um. Yeah, I think, you know, it was, I think we were, we were moving in different directions and because I think, you know, we met, we were both very spiritual, we were interested in spiritual things as well. Um, but I think, uh, I remember feeling like, you know, deep down, like maybe like this Christianity road is, is one I want to, one I want to walk on, you know, it, it it's like, you know, Buddhism is kind of like, shoot for the middle, just go for the middle and Christianity is like, Go for go for gold, like go for the top, go, like yeah. bet it all on red or something. And, and I liked that because, you know, that's the sort of the transcendent thing. It's like, come on, man, like let's believe in God, even if it makes us crazy. Like let's do it, you know. We've only really got one life, um, you know. Bugger, bugger all the like, let go of doubt, fear, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And I think that's what really moved me in that different direction and then also intellectually as well because that was a big part you know like i read confessions and confessions of saint Augustine. yeah that's right that was that 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 was a big domino um dante's inferno was a huge i was like wow like what in uh, okay confessions I, I i've read that and maybe some of the audience has read it as well it's it's the autobiography of saint augustine of hippo um Written, I think, in the four hundreds, three late, yeah, Um, it's considered the first autobiography in Western culture, um, and it's about his conversion 
from well he he had various steps in his own journey mm. <laughs> but from um uh, manichaeism i think to yeah. ultimately he ended up as a christian um but then dante's inferno i have not read and you've given me the book but i haven't read it yet but what was in that that really was a domino for you um i think it was uh the the kind of the it displayed the the vivid imagination of christian thought and the complexity of that imagination as well and um and you know like again with um the things that sustained me that led me towards christianity was like as i said before the innocence the curiosity the intellectual stuff but it's also the creative spirit and the i think the the creative spirit has to be it's been said before like it's totally linked to a divine source you know so um yeah like being shown hell in all its stages as well and it's 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 system it's it's like it's ordered in this in this way it's not just sort of like you know demons flying around everywhere um but um that 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 kind of um sh- it shocked me deeply i think um mm. but also there was this it was a strange it was you know it's poetry again and it's, it's this strange beauty in this kind of like misery and suffering and this macabre like it's like what is this man like who th- who thinks this is you know and then it, that got me that got me thinking like it's like oh, i feel like this is a real place like oh. and then obviously you know if, if you've discovered or glimpsed ultimate evil that means there's there must be an ultimate good mm. so um yeah i remember like because i've read it i think i've read it twice but um mm. Did you, read, did you read Dante's Heaven? What's it called? Dante's oh, uh, Paradise. I still have to read Paradise. Okay. I've read Purgatory, but I'm, not, I'm, Paradise. Okay. I'm, I'm taking it slow. Um, <laughs> but uh, I remember going to my mum. I was like, "Oh, mum, like he- hell is like pretty scary. Like, don't wanna, I don't want to go there? Like, if it's real, like you know." And then my mum's like, "It's not real." And I was like, "But why do I feel this way?" <laughs> How old were you at this point? You're in your twenties, uh, right? Yeah, it was my mid, mid twenties. Yeah, so at least at least it was a revelation at a time where you could try and intellectually get grapple with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think that that um, that should mean something. And and I think what I'd say to listeners, if 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 something means something to you, or some part of Christianity clicks with you, it doesn't matter in what way. Or like, there's no right way to, you know have a conversion or something like no, just not. just follow the breadcrumbs follow the scent mm-hmm. see where it leads and that's that's what i'm still doing now mm-hmm. um and um yeah and then also you know films as well was a big thing and how like um, you know the passion of the christ was another massive mm-hmm. massive one as well um things clicking more in that as, not just as a not just as a good film a well-made film but also you know this you know it's like you just can't get away from this transfiction of christ you know like it's it pissed me off in the past it was like oh why, is, why does christ always like keep coming back and why do people still like why do people still go to church like you know look at all these hillsong people like what are they doing? You know? um so it's so wait you you from the benedictine retreat um there was a few dominoes you mentioned the books some films helped. How about faith in in 
God and and Christ. How did where did that come in? Because I you know you, intellectually you can think oh this, this is pretty cool this mm-hmm. makes intellectually it's very stimulating, but you know actually believing and and I guess giving your life to the a loving relationship with God means you you really think He's real and Christ. So where where did that come in? How did that happen? Uh, I think that was. Um, I think it was probably February, February last year. I think it because I went on the the Christian retreat, the Saint Ignatius one, which was an eight day one, um, and more sort of uh, oh that yeah that's right. It was more um, I'd call it asymmetric. You know that that's what I liked about um, the sort of uh, Christian contemplative experience. Like it's far more um, faith yeah faith based. Like you just got to go off into the smoke and see what happens and that's it's scary and it's also um it was hard for me because i'd been drilled in this buddhist you know like concentration focus on this one thing just do that follow these things abcd there you go it works um rather with christianity it's like hey man just just go and i kind of like that beauty i was also afraid of it as well but i remember on that retreat i remember um sort of for the for the first time learning how to meditate on the bible mm. just sitting with christ you know whatever that means you know um figuring that out and then also the i think the main thing um which was probably one of the last dominoes which was realizing that look i can't under i'm not going to understand everything and i think what i was trying to do is read up all about and try and understand christianity and be like right now I'm ready to be Christian, yeah, and yeah. then like Russ, sign me up, you know. Yeah. Like I've 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 read the compendium, and you know yeah. <laughs> that's all I need, and it's it's and we're all set to go. Like it, it's not, you just got to be like, I don't understand everything, and that's okay. And that was like a that was like a weight off my shoulders, yeah, yeah. and like that was like another, um, letting go of driftwood, like burning yeah. off some fat, you know, letting go of um, this sort of uh, letting go of control. You know the the control of the ego and and you know, the way we we want to control our lives because mm. um, it makes us feel safe. You yeah. Know? Um, but um, I learned that there is a beauty in in letting go of the reins. Yeah. You know, or like you know, um, was it Tyler Durden's near near life experience lesson in Fight Club where he he takes his hands off the steering wheel and <laughs> straps in. You know. Um, you know that's that's a hard thing that's a hard thing to do and i think you'd you'd have to do that multiple times in your life as well it's not just mm. you do it once and then um but yeah at, at, at that point i realized like okay i've got enough mm. i don't have it all but i've i've got enough mm. sort of theory mm. to um to get on the to get on the ship you know yeah. and it was um yeah, it was like getting on a ship and everyone's on the wharf. And you're like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Where are you going? Like, I don't know where I'm going. Just just <laughs> go off into the see what, see what happens. That's great. Yeah. And what, so what happened after that retreat? You, you decided to get on this ship and people people were saying, what are you doing? I'm, I can imagine because it's not like you're surrounded by a lot of people that are on this ship. <laughs> so... Um, did that frighten you that people were still 
saying what are you doing like people close to you no no that that never really um that never that that almost uh egged me on like i wanted to do it even more <laughs> just because um again like I, i'd done enough reading to understand um on a basic level the, how the modern mind works and how modern society works so i knew what was happening mm. and um and and again going back to the sort of the destruction period of my life i knew there was no answers there mm. so i'm not going to i'm like i'm not going back like i'm not going back to the old world yeah. you know it's like um you know like you you, you just got out of the shire yeah. and it's like oh you got to come back and just it's like no i can't like i can't i have to go to mordor like yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to go i'm sorry we'd all <laughs> like to stay in the shire but you got to go to mordor <laughs> And like whatever your mortar is, go to it and find it. I, I call it inner, inner Stalingrad. Find your inner Stalingrad yeah. and go there awesome. because that's where Christ is. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. weird. And so what, what's the next part of your journey? Have you, have you thought about that? Or are you, are you a guy that just lives in the present? Or are you think, have you thought a bit about, oh, where is this? How do I get to mortal? Have you tried to map that out? And what, and maybe like on a daily basis, what you need to do, or on a monthly basis. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, what I'm what I'm trying to do now is um, <laughs> to be brave enough to sit without distractions and be bored, and and not only that, not meditate, like not do like not have no distractions and focus on meditating, but not have anything. And then just trust in Christ and see what happens. Because yeah. from all the teachings that I've read, uh, that's where you got to go. Yeah. You got to go back within inside yourself. The answers are there, um, and you know. And and I get distracted, like like everyone else, yeah. and you know we neglect these things, and you know I'm, I'm, I'm hopelessly inconsistent. Mm. I was always like that, but um. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, finding the inner desert, you know, the 40 days, 40 nights, and, and going to the desert and sitting there. And it, and it's still like this experiment that's that excites me. It's like, just see what happens, you know. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like uh, I think during uni when I started broadening my intellectual horizons, I always sort of fantasized about living a contemplative life with books and, and some kind of spirituality I didn't know what it was so then I started thinking about monasticism and really sort of considering I was like maybe maybe God's nudging me towards this direction I don't I don't know yet I have to do more prayer I have to do way more prayer um but that's sort of like that's my mortal mm. like and when I fantasize about that it's it's I can see it and I get excited and wow. so you know you know for those listening if if you can see it in your head your future or your plan or whatever somewhere you want to be whether it's a state of mind or whether it's a physical place if you can see yourself doing it that's usually a sign that um the gateway's open and yeah you know you can you can walk in that direction so i think that's the the sort of plan there and and what i'm actually afraid of is <laughs> not having the balls to to do it and yeah. to kind of let uh, let the world take me in worldly yeah. things and then just kind of go back into the fold 
back with my friends and be like, hey man, like you got a bit weird for a second there, but now you're back with the boys and let's go to the pub. I was like, I'm sorry guys. Like, But you have that feeling as well within you. You know that you have that, that the sense of misery, right? Misery, yeah. I, like, I get that sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, this. I'm just going to throw it all away. Oh, yeah. And live for the flesh again. That's the tenth. That's the, and, that's and, the devil, you know. <laughs> but then you know, thanks be to God, within your, deep within you, you're like, I know what that is. I know it. Um, and it's misery. Yeah. Do you get that sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like when... Um, when uh, Trinity's taking Neo to meet Morpheus for the first time and he's like, I'm out. And she opens the door to the car and goes, you know where that road leads and it leads nowhere. And that's, that's exactly how I feel. Um, and it's like you have to fight that every day. You know, because all it takes, like it did in the past where I decided that I wasn't worth anything, all it takes is one decision. It's one thing. Someone like someone out there is is one lecture away, one bad experiencing away from being like, oh, effort, yeah. like I'm done, you know. So yeah. that always made me think of, um, like, just be careful how you treat people because yeah. they're one step away. From, not 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 like oh, I'm gonna jump off a bridge now or something, but but just yeah. just in terms of um, spiritual like a, like their spiritual health, you yeah. know, because you know like there's a. You know, like you can be sick for a while and then maybe the, the sickness takes over and just does you in, you know, and, mm. and there's no coming back. And mm. that's that's the kind of um, the, the I think that's the, the tipping point that I saw. And I, I wanted to avoid that at all cost mm. um, because, you know. Um, and that, that's that was the interesting thing with Christianity, because it was it was about aligning yourself with the infinite, aligning yourself with the timeless, with um the, the the sort of the vastness of the universe you could you could align yourself with that and um uh like i just i just can't go back to being normal but like, it's like neo being it's like he can't just go back to the matrix <laughs> like once you've woken up you can't you can't go back um and i don't want to go back yeah. um because then then what then you're just you're you're uh you're just living as another animal yeah. and I think we all I think we all know deep down that that's not like we're better than that yeah. and you know regardless of what people say about like, you do you or like I was like that's like, that's, that's not good enough like it's not yeah. going to sustain you like you're yeah. you're a human being yeah. you're not you're not a savannah animal just <laughs> going from kill to kill lounging around in the sun it's just, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Mate, no, thank you. Rohan, we've run out of time, but I just wanted to thank you for taking the time out, but also opening up your soul to to the audience, uh, to the Death and Donuts audience. And I'm sure they'll be able to take a lot of good things out of your story. Perhaps they can apply them to their own lives. Perhaps they'll be able to share them with others. Um, yeah. But is there anything you wanted to say um, as a final note um, before we finish yeah I guess um, mm -hmm. follow um, f follow follow your own path and I don't mean that selfishly you know in, in disregard of other responsibilities but um, 
you know, where, wherever that leads you. Um, and and I, I feel like that's one, one of the scariest things for me is um, thinking for oneself. And uh, it's hard to do that. And I think, um, but yeah, yeah, you can only be true to yourself. And it might be a weird path or it might not make sense or it's not conventional or, or maybe it's not even a job, like it's not a career, like maybe it's just something and like, you know, for me, maybe maybe monasticism is the way and it's a weird one. Like it's not like a, it's just, it's an odd, it's an odd thing to do. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, and, and, and fo- follow that curiosity. That's that's probably what I would say. Like, don't let your curiosity die. Don't, don't let that, um, don't let that inner child be be sort of squashed mm. by um, by by the world, and it's um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Heath Rohan, and uh, we'll see you next time. Well, you'll we won't see you. We will. You will hear us next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good podcast. I'm glad. I'm glad I could. Thanks, man. Thanks.